John Piper delves into the narrative of Luke 2, 1, 20, which details the birth of Jesus Christ, accentuating its profound spiritual significance. The passage begins with a decree from Caesar Augustus that leads Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem, where Mary gives birth to Jesus in a humble manger, signifying a momentous event in Christian theology, God becoming man. Piper focuses particularly on the angelic announcement to the shepherds in the field, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This verse is pivotal for Piper as it encapsulates the core message of Christmas, the glorification of God through the birth of Christ and the peace he brings to those who are favored by God. Piper interprets this event as a divine intervention, a fulfillment of prophecy, and a transformative moment for humanity. The arrival of Jesus symbolizes God's closeness to humanity and his desire to reconcile and bring peace. The shepherds' experience, their divine encounter and subsequent spreading of the news, reflects the evangelistic impulse that arises from encountering Christ. Piper likely sees in this narrative a call to Christians to share the joy and wonder of the gospel, just as the shepherds did. Also, the emphasis on glory to God in the highest reflects a doxology, a praise to God that recognizes the magnitude of what is happening. God's glory is being revealed in the most humble and loving way. The peace mentioned is not just a cessation of hostility, but a deep divine peace offered to those with whom God is pleased, a peace that encompasses reconciliation and redemption through Christ. Piper's reflection is not just a recounting of a historical event, it's an invitation to understand and rejoice in the deeper theological truths of Christmas. It's about recognizing God's ultimate act of love and grace in sending Jesus, which brings glory to God and offers peace to humanity. His message encourages a joyous and reverent reflection on the implications of Christ's birth for individuals and the world. Moreover, Piper dives into the profound significance of Jesus' birth by affirming its historicity and divinely orchestrated timing. He asserts that Jesus' birth occurred on an actual historical day, marked by specific leaders like Caesar Augustus and Quirinius, grounding the event firmly in the realm of human history. This day was not chosen at random, but was predestined by God, set before the creation of the world, indicating the birth's monumental importance in the divine plan. Piper highlights that the entire universe, with its vast expanse and myriad galaxies, was created for the glory of this day. According to Colossians 1.16, everything was created through Jesus and for Him, indicating that the universe's creation was intrinsically linked to the birth of Christ. This event signifies the fulfillment of God's perfect timing, often referred to as the fullness of time, a moment that had been appointed before time itself. The birth of Jesus marks a pivotal moment in salvation history. Piper maintains the personal nature of this event with the phrase, For unto you is born this day, pointing out the direct impact of Jesus' birth on every individual. It's a moment of divine intervention, where God entered human history in the form of a baby offering hope and redemption to all of humanity. This historical day reflects God's overarching plan for salvation and His intimate involvement in the world, demonstrating His love and purpose for humanity through the precise timing and nature of Jesus' birth. Piper's reflection invites readers to marvel at the deep significance and personal relevance of this historical yet divine moment. Furthermore, Piper reiterates the historical authenticity and physical reality of the Christmas story, particularly focusing on the city of Bethlehem as a tangible place of Jesus' birth. 
Piper draws a distinction between the biblical account of Christ's birth and fictional stories, stating that the events didn't occur in a mythical land like Narnia or Middle-earth, nor in a distant galaxy, but in a real and specific location on our own planet, a city that still exists today and is steeped in history and personal significance, even noting the death of his own mother near this city. Piper identifies Bethlehem as the city of David, a place just six miles from Jerusalem and significant in Jewish history and prophecy. He invokes the prophecy from Micah 5, 2, which foretells that Bethlehem, though small among the clans of Judah, would be the birthplace of a ruler in Israel, who is, from of old, from ancient days. This prophecy repeats the city's long-anticipated role in the Messiah's coming. By underlining Bethlehem's realness and proximity, Piper is not merely providing a geographical lesson. He is underscoring the Incarnation as a historical event that happened in a real place, at a real time, among real people. This emphasis serves to bridge the gap between the ancient text and the modern reader, bringing a sense of immediacy and reality to the Nativity story. It is a call to recognize the Incarnation of Jesus as a tangible event that occurred in our history, not a distant or abstract myth thus inviting a more profound and personal understanding of and belief in the Christmas narrative. In addition, Piper digs deeply into the meaning and significance of Jesus' birth, focusing on the titles attributed to Jesus, Savior, Christ, Messiah, and Lord. These titles are not mere designations but encapsulate the profound theological implications of Jesus' role and mission in the world. As Savior, Jesus is accentuated as the one who delivers from sin. This is foundational for all who have transgressed against God. Piper affirms that only God can forgive sins against God. Thus Jesus' saving work is a direct intervention of the divine into human history. The name Jesus itself, which means God saves, reflects the very essence of His mission to save His people from their sins, asserting the necessity of divine action for salvation. Christ, the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew Messiah, means anointed one. This title situates Jesus as the fulfillment of ancient prophecies, the long-awaited deliverer anointed to bring about God's kingdom. Piper stresses that Jesus as the Christ is the culmination of all Old Testament hopes and the embodiment of God's promises. He is the final prophet, priest, and king, anointed above all others, and in him the fullness of God's promises find their yes. Further, as Lord, Jesus is recognized as the supreme ruler, this title reflects His divine sovereignty and authority over all creation. Piper connects this lordship to prophecies in Isaiah, portraying Jesus as the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, whose reign of peace and justice is everlasting. This highlights the universal scope of Jesus' authority and the eternal nature of His kingdom. Piper's reflection thus paints a picture of Jesus as the central figure of salvation history, whose birth signifies God's intimate involvement in the human plight fulfilling divine promises, and establishing an everlasting kingdom. Each title, Savior, Messiah, Christ, and Lord, reveals a unique aspect of Jesus' identity and work, together providing a comprehensive understanding of His role in God's redemptive plan. Besides, Piper presents a profound reflection on the birth of Jesus Christ, framing it as a pivotal moment in history with cosmic significance. He sees the Nativity not just as a tender story of a baby in a manger, but as the fulfillment of divine promise and governance, 
a direct intervention by the Lord of the Universe into the fabric of human history. Piper indicates the event's historical and geographical concreteness. It happened on a specific day in a real city, Bethlehem. This specificity brings the divine into the tangible realm, making the Incarnation a relatable and historical event that fulfills ancient prophecies and long-held hopes. Piper maintains the titles of Jesus, Savior Christ and Lord. As Savior, Jesus is the one who takes away the burden of guilt and sin, offering redemption and forgiveness. As the Christ, He is the fulfillment of all the messianic hopes, the Anointed One who brings God's promises to fruition. And as Lord, He is the ultimate authority, capable of defeating all enemies and ruling with justice and peace. The joy and exultation Piper expresses are rooted in the personal and universal implications of Jesus' birth. He speaks of safety and satisfaction that come from Christ, extending an invitation to rejoice in the deep spiritual security and contentment found in Him. This isn't just historical recollection, it's a current, ongoing cause for celebration. Piper's reflection turns Christmas into a time of deep spiritual rejoicing over what the Lord has done and continues to do, offering redemption, fulfilling hope, and establishing His sovereign reign inviting everyone to find their ultimate satisfaction and safety in Jesus, the Christ, the Lord. Additionally, Piper points out the grandeur and divine significance of Christ's birth as heralded by angels to the shepherds. This event is so momentous that while one angel suffices to deliver the news, a whole army is required to appropriately respond, illustrating the immense joy and gravity of the moment. This celestial army praising God signifies the event's dual purpose, glorifying God and bringing peace to humanity. The first purpose, glory to God in the highest, reflects the ultimate aim of Christ's birth. It is an acknowledgement of God's sovereignty and the fulfillment of His divine plan. This phrase captures the essence of Christian theology, where the birth of Christ is a pivotal moment in divine history, marking God's intervention and expression of love for humanity. It's a celebration of divine love and wisdom, culminating in the nativity scene. The second purpose is the establishment of peace among those with whom God is pleased. This peace is distinct, as it's not a universal peace but a selective one, extended to those who find favor with God. It suggests a deep, personal peace rooted in the spiritual reconciliation between God and individuals. This peace is profound, going beyond the absence of conflict to encompass a complete, holistic sense of well-being and right relationship with God, made possible through the coming of Jesus. In Piper's view, these two purposes are not just outcomes, but are deeply interconnected. The glorification of God is tied to the peace experienced by believers. One is a divine objective, and the other a human experience. Both are intrinsically woven into the fabric of the Christian narrative of salvation and grace, marking the birth of Jesus as a pivotal event in human and divine history. Also, Piper interprets Luke 2, 1, 20 as a profound declaration of the divine intentions behind Jesus' birth, reiterating two interrelated themes, the manifestation of God's glory and the establishment of peace among humanity. He posits that the advent of Jesus is an unparalleled event, marking the supreme revelation of God's glory, a phenomenon that transcends even the celestial wonders. This event is intricately designed to bring peace to those who embrace Christ, initiating a perpetual increase of divine governance and peace as foretold in Isaiah 9-7.
Piper examines the theological implications of these themes, seeing the birth of Jesus as not merely a historical incident, but a moment of cosmic significance in God's grand narrative. It signifies the commencement of a new order where God's glory is continuously exalted through human acknowledgement and worship, and peace is profoundly experienced by a renewed humanity. The coming of Christ is thus interpreted as the fulfillment of the ultimate purpose of creation and redemption, to glorify God and to create a harmonious world where humans revel in the peace of God's reign. In this perspective, Christmas transcends a seasonal celebration, embodying the divine strategy of glorifying God in the highest and spreading peace on earth. It reflects a dual movement of divine initiative and human response, where the divine glory descends in the form of a child, and humanity is called to ascend in worship and live out the peace endowed by Christ. Piper's reflection invites believers to see in the Nativity not just the birth of a child, but the dawn of God's promised new creation, a world filled with His glory and peace, sustained and spread by those who follow Jesus. This, according to Piper, is the heart of Christmas, an ever-increasing acknowledgement of God's glory, coupled with an ever-expanding living out of God's peace, culminating in the ultimate redemption and joy of humanity. Moreover, Piper explains the nuanced meaning of peace as announced at the birth of Jesus Christ. He repeats that the traditional translation from the King James Version, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men, doesn't fully capture the conditional aspect of the peace offered by God. Modern translations render the verse to imply that peace is specifically among those with whom he is pleased, shifting the focus from a universal to a more selective peace. Piper argues that the peace proclaimed by the angels at Jesus' birth is not automatically bestowed upon all humanity. Instead, it is a peace that must be received through Christ. This interpretation is further illustrated with a reference to Luke 10, 5, 6, where Jesus instructs his disciples to offer peace to every house they visit. The peace will only settle upon the house if a son of peace is there, indicating that the reception of peace is contingent upon the individual's openness to God's message and presence. The concept of being a son of peace signifies a person who welcomes and accepts Jesus as their Savior, Messiah, and Lord. These individuals, according to Piper, are the true recipients of the heavenly peace announced at Christ's birth. They are the ones with whom God is pleased and to whom His peace is genuinely extended. Therefore, while the offer of peace is universal, its actual experience is selective, reserved for those who respond to Jesus Christ with faith and acceptance. Piper's interpretation encourages a personal reflection on the nature of peace and the individual's relationship with Christ as the means to truly understand and receive the peace that God offers. Furthermore, Piper explores the profound peace that Jesus Christ's birth ushers into the world, underlining that it permeates three critical relationships. Our relationship with God, with our own selves, and with others. Piper begins by setting the cosmic scale of peace promised in the Bible a divine tranquility that will eventually engulf the entire world with knowledge and glory of the Lord. However, the crux of Piper's message is that this ultimate peace has already commenced with Jesus' advent, and it is accessible now in these three relational dimensions. First is peace with God, the cornerstone of Christian faith. This peace reconciles humans to the divine, transforming a relationship marred by sin into one of forgiveness and close communion. It's about recognizing and receiving the sacrificial love and grace offered through Jesus, 
thereby abolishing enmity and fostering a loving, ongoing relationship with God. Secondly, Piper talks about peace with oneself. This inner peace is a state of contentment, assurance, and well-being that stems from understanding one's identity and worth in Christ. It's about overcoming inner turmoil, doubt, and despair with the tranquil assurance of God's love and purpose for one's life. In addition, peace with others is discussed. This peace extends the harmony experienced with God and self into the broader community. It's an active pursuit to live in understanding, love, and unity with those around us, reflecting Christ's reconciliatory work in our own relationships. Throughout, Piper underscores that these aspects of peace are not just the absence of trouble, but the presence of joyful serenity and rich, fulfilling relationships. He insists that the glory of God and the peace believers seek are intertwined, reflecting the angelic proclamation at Christ's birth. By pursuing these three facets of peace, individuals can experience a taste of the ultimate, all-encompassing peace that Christ will one day bring to full fruition. Further, Piper elucidates that the ultimate purpose of God is to bestow peace upon individuals by being the paramount glorious entity in their lives. He emphasizes that in the New Testament, God is repeatedly referred to as the God of peace. And similarly, Jesus Christ extends this peace to believers, indicating that the essence of divine peace is inextricably linked to God and Christ themselves. This peace is not a separate entity from God, but is fundamentally intertwined with His presence and glory. Piper contends that to truly embrace peace, one must allow God and Christ to dominate their life. The peace that emanates from God is contingent upon the glorification of God. Hence, a heart inclined towards glorifying God will inherently experience His peace. The symbiotic relationship between glorifying God and receiving peace is mediated through faith, particularly faith in God's promises fulfilled through Jesus Christ. Piper cites Romans 15.13, to accentuate that joy and peace, stem from believing in God's promises. It's this act of believing, or faith, that activates and realizes God's promises, culminating in the peace that encompasses both personal tranquility and harmony with others. In essence, Piper's interpretation is a call to believers to prioritize the glory of God as the central pursuit of their lives. By doing so, they align themselves with the divine promise of peace, which is not just a cessation of conflict, but a profound state of well-being and reconciliation with God, oneself, and the community. Thus, the path to peace is inherently spiritual and relational, rooted in a deep-seated trust in the divine and a commitment to reflect God's glory in every aspect of life. Besides, Piper probes into the deep need for peace with God. He articulates that this peace is the most fundamental need of every human, foundational to any other peace one might seek. Without establishing peace with God first, all other forms of peace are merely superficial and temporary. Piper affirms that this peace is not achieved through human works, traditions, or lineage, but through justification by faith alone. Justification is the divine act where God declares a person righteous in His sight. This righteousness is not of one's own, but is imputed to them through faith in Jesus Christ. By believing in Jesus as the Savior, Lord, and the supreme treasure of life, a person is united with Christ, and his righteousness is counted as theirs by God. This union results in peace with God, a significant shift from being objects of God's wrath due to sin to becoming members of his family. Piper asserts that peace with God means the cessation of hostility and the beginning of a new, loving relationship. God's anger is quelled, 
and in its place there is adoption, love, and a promise of eternal goodwill. This transformative peace means that God is no longer against the individual, but is now their father and friend. It is a complete and profound peace that eradicates fear and provides a firm foundation for all other aspects of life. In Piper's view, understanding and accepting this peace is essential to truly knowing and living out a faith centered in Christ, marking a life that is fundamentally changed and oriented towards the divine. Additionally, Piper highlights the profound peace believers can experience with themselves through the reconciliation with God afforded by faith. This peace counters internal conflicts like guilt and anxiety, which are common human experiences. He uses Philippians 4, 6, 7 to articulate how this peace transcends human understanding and actively guards the heart and mind in Christ Jesus. The passage is an invitation to believers to lay down their anxieties before God through prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, assuring them of God's surpassing peace as a protective shield. Piper portrays our hearts and minds as being under constant assault by an array of disturbances, from guilt and worry to threats and uncertainties. In response, the peace of God acts as a sentinel, guarding us in a manner that defies logical comprehension. This divine peace is not limited by human rationality. Rather, it is a supra-rational, inexplicable calm that envelops believers when they entrust their burdens to God. In the spirit of Christmas, Piper's message is a call to action for believers to approach God with their anxieties and trust in His mighty protection and peace. He indicates that this act of trust is not in vain, but results in the stabilization and safeguarding of one's internal state, enabling them to overcome the debilitating effects of fear, anxiety, and guilt. This internal tranquility is not just for the individual's benefit, but also serves to glorify God, showcasing trust in His omnipotence and care. As believers experience and uphold this divine peace, they are better positioned to promote peace in their surroundings, thus reflecting the ultimate peace that Christ brought through His birth, celebrated at Christmas. Last but not least, Piper investigates the theme of peace in our interpersonal relationships especially during the emotionally charged times like Christmas, when family interactions can become particularly strained. He references Romans 12.18 to maintain that while we may not control every aspect of our relationships, we should live peaceably with all as much as it depends on us. The challenge of maintaining peace with others is deeply tied to our understanding and appreciation of the peace we have received from God through Christ. Piper points to Ephesians 4.31, 32 as a foundational text, urging believers to shed bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander, and instead embody kindness, tenderheartedness, and forgiveness. This imitation of Christ's forgiveness is not just a moral imperative, but a response to the profound grace and forgiveness we ourselves have received. The key, according to Piper, is to continually be amazed by our own forgiveness, which in turn cultivates a forgiving and peaceful heart towards others. However, Piper is realistic about the difficulties of peacemaking, acknowledging that efforts at reconciliation and peace are sometimes met with rejection or hostility. He counsels against allowing such responses to embitter us, instead urging us to remain amazed at God's forgiveness towards us and to keep trusting in God's sovereign plan. This perspective is vital for keeping our hearts aligned with God's glory rather than becoming entangled in the success or failure of our peacemaking efforts. Ultimately, Piper points to the birth of Christ as the epitome of God's plan for peace, 
a Savior born to bring glory to God and peace among people. He closes with a prayerful wish that readers will experience the peace of God profoundly and that their lives will reflect God's glory, mirroring the angel's proclamation of peace and goodwill towards all. In conclusion, Piper points out the profound spiritual significance of Jesus' birth as an extraordinary intersection of divinity with humanity. He interprets the angelic announcement to the shepherds as a pivotal moment, showcasing God's glory and offering peace to those favored by Him. This narrative isn't just a historical recount, but a theological exposition revealing divine love and intervention. Also, Piper situates the birth of Jesus in the real, tangible world of Bethlehem, grounding the miraculous in historical reality. He reiterates the roles of Jesus as Savior, Christ, and Lord, each encapsulating aspects of His divine mission. As Savior, Jesus embodies God's saving grace. As Christ, He fulfills ancient prophecies and expectations, and as Lord He reigns supreme over all creation. These titles deepen the understanding of Jesus' multifaceted role in God's redemptive plan. Moreover, the peace heralded by the angels is a core theme in Piper's reflection, repeating that it's not a universal peace, but one selectively bestowed upon those aligning with God's will. This peace affects all dimensions of life, reconciling individuals with God, instilling internal tranquility, and guiding relationships towards harmony. Lastly, Piper urges readers to contemplate the deep implications of the Nativity story, encouraging a reverent joy and appreciation for the historical and divine elements of Christ's birth. His narrative transforms the traditional Christmas story into a rich, complex tapestry of divine promise, historical fulfillment, and personal transformation. Through Piper's lens, the birth of Jesus emerges not only as a historical event, but as a continual call to recognize and relish in the divine love and grace manifesting in the world.